I, I want to climb mountains. I don't want to be in pain every day. And like, it's really hard for me because like I physically at this point in my life, at this point in my, my health journey, I cannot go climb a mountain. And I really, really want to. Show. <laughs> Hi, this is Rachel. And this is Natalie. And we are the Insta Mamas. We are sisters with a podcast and we talk about everything from faith, healthy, clean living, adoption, foster care, motherhood, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. Hey, Insta Mama listeners. We have quite the topic today. Yeah, it's a topic that is kind of a vulnerable topic, to be honest. Ugh, yeah, we've, we knew we needed to do this for a while, but we've been dragging our feet. Well, as you know, in the show notes and when we at first open our topic up, we talk about how we are the Insta Mamas, we do foster care, all that, and but a big major thing in there is healthy, clean living. And we've noticed as this past year has gone by, um, a big contribute to that is Natalie became a mom last year, well, a little bit before in 2019, and so her life has dramatically changed, and my husband and I got back together, so my life dramatically changed. So we both had really big life changes, Mm -hmm. and anytime you have a life change, you almost have to, like, reevaluate your, like, health goals and your health journey, and when we talk about health, we're not just talking about weight. Yeah. We're not just talking about physical. We're talking Mm -hmm. about mental, emotional. But today, we are going to talk about our why. Mm-hmm. What our why is in 2021. Because when I first started my really big weight loss thing, it was in 2019. Mm-hmm. And my why was really different back then. Yeah, same here. And so we're just going to dive into it. Because for us, it kind of does go to our weight loss journey. And we've had some ups and we've had some downs. And mm-hmm. both of us are not where we want to be physically yet. Well, and when you go back to our first podcast episodes, we give all these advice. Hey, here's how to be healthy. Here's how. But at the time, I had lost 50 pounds, and Natalie at one point had lost up to like 65 or 70 pounds. Yeah. yeah. And to say that, you know, there's the journey of health. It's just not a downward slope when you look at the weight loss. It's not this perfect downward slope. It's like a roller coaster. It goes up and down and up and down. But the difference is is are you gonna go back up and just let yourself keep ballooning up and up and up and up and up? So with that- Cause we, uh, we have a, a lady we follow. She says, uh, we don't have a weight loss problem in this country. We have a like um, a staying lost. Yeah. And she says it better than I do, but we're, we can lose weight. There's a million different diets out mm-hmm. there to do. But then it's the like maintaining it over time. So there are periods where I'll lose weight and then for several months I won't lose any weight, but I'm maintaining and I'm trying to stay at a close, you know. And then there were seasons where my doctor said, it is not healthy for you to try to lose weight right now. It mm-hmm. is, um, when I got came back from India, I had a really terrible parasite and I was deficient. Like she said, it, it was crazy. It, it was like I was someone malnourished, you know, mm-hmm. in like a third world country. And it wasn't because I wasn't eating enough. Yeah. Or healthy enough. I was like, I don't get it. I eat vegetables with every meal. And she's like, you know, it's because your body cannot absorb those. So we focused on healing at that time. So I didn't Mm -hmm. lose any weight. And then we've had trauma. We, it's hard to lose weight when your body and your mind are so stressed. And then plus those, we talk about generational curses before, but part of the generational curses is the generational chains of 
unhealthy habits. Like those are passed down to you genetically and emotionally. And so it's really hard because food is like meant for celebrations. Even in the Bible, the Jewish people would get together and they would feast and have these celebrations. But the difference is it would be like a fatted calf you know it would be it would, it's not stuff that we have in today's so now when we get together with family and we have those rich delicious foods that we grew up in our childhood like a lot of rice a lot of um ponce, lumpia, all those even filipino pastas. pastas all those foods that we get to sit around a table with the family and have together we're not saying like that's not okay and that's not bad but when you are somebody like myself who deals with serious food addictions it would almost be like an alcoholic who's been away from all his alcoholic friends and then goes back and everybody's drinking and you're like oh it's okay I'm gonna drink with them but the problem is the last time we got together with family and we lost my nephew and we were going through grief and loss and it's always hard when a child passes away no matter Mm -hmm. what it's just it's not supposed to be that way and then coming back home and then just expecting myself to be okay and all that time I spent with my family falling off the rails and emotional eating and all that even though I was trying so hard to just expect to come home and it be back to the normal way of eating it's kind of I don't think I was prepared to see how much that would affect me when I got home. And we're not blaming our family. Oh, like, no. No, no, It no. is not we're our adults. family. The, the, the space in between our hand and our mouth, we choose everything that mm-hmm. goes into our body. Mm-hmm. And we could have chosen to not eat certain things. But, I mean, there's a reason when someone dies that people bring meals. Mm-hmm. You can't think about what you're supposed to eat. You can't even think about getting dressed. You can't think about, like, you're so in, in such grief that you you can't think about normal living things. Mm-hmm. And so you have to give yourself a break. And, you know, we're still in the grieving process. It's only happened a little less than two months ago. And you, but you have, at some point you have to like start living your life again. Mm-hmm. And for us, that's why we had to revisit our whys. Because yeah. we kind of had gotten lost. And mm-hmm. anytime, whatever, whether it's getting out of debt, whether it's running a marathon, whether it's like writing a book, whether mm-hmm. it's like whatever your goal is, you, if it's a big goal that's going to take more than a year, you know, these long-term goals, you have to have a why. And it's better if it makes you cry. They say, you need a why that makes you cry. We did not make that up. A lot of different yeah. inspirational people use it. But, you know... And it can change. Like, you can go back and it can change. For example, my why in 2019 was I was a single mom. I was like, I need to take care of myself because my kid is the only person I have. If something happens to me, if I get sick, she's left without me, you know. And that's not my why anymore. And... You, you know? still want your why to be a good mom, but yeah. you're not. There's not so much pressure on you. Well, yourself. you know how it's funny when they say that when married couples always get back together. Yeah, like or when married when people are first married, they always gain weight when they first get married. Because yeah, again, you get comfortable with each other. You're all fat and happy. Like, and that's a terrible stereotype. It's a bad. It's true. It's a bad thing we do in the United States, mm-hmm. and it's. I think it's a beautiful thing that we love each other even though we're pudgy, mm-hmm. but. You know, and it's different for my husband. Like, he 
is not addicted to food. Mm-hmm. He can have a candy bar on his dresser for six months and not think about it. Mm-hmm. And some of you people listening are like, what? That candy bar would have been gone in a half hour. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And and I have to tell him, like, can you leave that in your office? That stuff really tempts me. Yeah. But for him, it's just like, oh, I have a candy bar every once in a while and it doesn't own me and it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know. But the other day, he's like, I'm not going to do coffee. And he got a really bad headache that day. <laughs> and he realized, he's like, oh, I must be addicted to coffee now. If I get a headache when I don't have it. And so he's been even trying to do less coffee. Mm. And, but like he can eat pasta. He can eat rice. He can eat all these things and not be unhealthy. Same for my husband. He's so skinny. And, and it's like, where does it go? And it's okay. He needs to eat more vegetables. And he does. As he gets older, he's thinking about his health more. But his issues are not my issues. Mm-hmm. And for me to be healthy, I, I'm, I'm metabolically sick. And we're going to talk about my health issues probably a lot in this episode and we've talked back and forth about having a whole episode about my health issues but I don't know it's 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 a very vulnerable topic for me mm. and even some of my friends that I've known me very well know that I'm I'm working on being more vulnerable and open about it because a lot of people with autoimmune conditions just suffer in silence and mm-hmm. no one knows what their struggle is and I don't want to be that person's like look at me I'm so much pain blah 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 mm. so it's this balance but I would say You know, let's just get into our whys. Yeah. um, So one of my biggest whys is I love to be active. We don't even own a TV. So there's not much time spent. Now, I will say lately I have been spending way too much time on my phone. And that's another whole nother podcast. No, I'm just kidding. We like to say that I don't know if I want to tackle that issue. (laughs) You deal with your own phone issues, all right? (laughs) I'm dealing with mine. We'll get back together at the end of the year and see how we're doing. <laughs> but my biggest is I love to adventure. Like we love to go on hikes, my family. And a, a couple summers ago, we went on an eight mile hike, and it was so good, and it felt so good. And I was thinking the other day when I was thinking about what hikes I wanted to do, I thought to myself, I really want to show my husband the top of that mountain. It's so beautiful. And then I was like, I don't think I could physically do that eight mile hike right now because I haven't been hiking lately. And like I go outside and go on walks. I'm outside every day. I bike almost every single day. There's rarely a day that I don't get on my bike. Um, But so I am pretty active. But I noticed too the other day I was lifting weights and I just felt so weak. And I was like, what is going on here? And even water. Do you know like drinking even just like 10% less of water that you're usually used to drinking a day can weaken your workout by so much. And so I'm like, why am I so weak? You know, I am really active. I am. And then I realized like it's, it's, you have to change your diet as well. Because even if you were hiking every day, if you're not eating the right things, Mm -hmm. you're going to just wear yourself out and destroy your body. Yeah. Well, and what that does, if you're not having the right kind of nutrients, is you're just stripping your nutrients more when you go and be physically active. Your adrenal levels are just, that's a hormone that you have. They're just completely just being stripped because you're exhorting all that energy, but then you're not replenishing your body with good stuff. And this is a weird thing because this is what's so hard is my friends would always ask me, how are you still overweight when you eat so healthy? Because for the most part of my diet, I eat very healthy. I eat very healthy things. It's rare that I do, like, every once in a while when I go out with friends, I'll have, like, the unhealthy foods and things like that. But it's very rare. But when I do, 
the biggest part of gaining weight is the problem is when I'm doing so well all day and then I binge. And that is weird. Even binging keto, healthy stuff, makes yeah. you really full because keto food is like really um, dense sometimes. But like cheese is calorie dense. Yeah, it you is. Know? Or I'll go a whole week with eating healthy and then I make all the waffles for my daughter at the beginning we had to she's gluten-free so we have to make these gluten-free waffles and I put the sugar-free chocolate chips in it and she loves having that every morning and my husband eats that every morning I cannot eat that every morning or I will gain weight but while I'm making I only make them once a week and then I put them in the fridge for the week but while I'm making those waffles that smell the soft denseness of that waffle Uh it will get me sometimes and the next thing i know i'm like oh my goodness i ate all these waffles where i don't even like and part of our genetics is like if we cheat one time we will see it on the scale the next day yeah we don't get to like especially during weight loss and that's what i love i've been doing code red and she's she doesn't have cheat days Mm -hmm. she doesn't believe in it and she said you know some people can get away with that stuff but where I am in my health journey, I can't. Maybe when I lose all the weight, and we're not saying you need to just be strict, strict, strict. And there are things that are so indulgent in keto. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You can have sugar-free chocolate chips and some cream cheese with a sprit of lemon. And it's like a lemon kind of chocolate cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Delicious. And I can eat that, you know. But if I eat tons of that... I'm going to gain weight if I or I'm not going to lose weight. Or if you eat a piece of bread, you'll gain weight. Like Seriously, one piece of bread. One piece of bread. <laughs> Is that crazy? That's all it takes for me. So I've learned that about myself and I have to be... And then I also feel terrible. But it's also genetics too because I watch a lot of like on Instagram and Facebook. I watch a lot of doctors and there's so much controversy because I listened to a podcast where there was this nurse and she had to stay below 20 grams of carbs And this is not everyone. This was just how her body was run. And if she did not, then her hormones would go completely out of whack. Mm -hmm. And she worked for uh, functional medicine. And she was part of Dr. Hyman's team at one point. But she realized and she would try adding stuff back in. And then her hormones would go out of whack. But then I see other people who are like, oh, fasting is not good for you. Oh, you shouldn't do this. Oh, you shouldn't do, oh, keto will just make you starve to death. Keto is not for long-term. Keto is bad for your body. But then you see other people who have been doing it for 20 years and they're very healthy. So you just have to figure out what works for you. Yeah, it's a lot of controversy. And like I said, we have to put a caveat in here. Is that how you say that? Yeah, caveat. We're not doctors. We're yeah, not nutritionists. We definitely How have many to times say. do we have to say that? It's going to be in the show notes too. Yeah. So please don't sue us. Okay? Yeah. We don't know what we're talking Like we can't tell other people what to eat, what to do. This is genuinely just to talk about our whys, where we're coming from, what and this works is taking for us. us over two years to get mm-hmm. here. And we are not arrived people. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I keep thinking like, ah, oh, we have not arrived. So I want to talk about um, kind of my first why is um and this kind of mixes in with health if you guys don't know my story about nine almost ten years ago i was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition called psoriatic arthritis and here's the crazy thing i had just lost a bunch of weight i mean back then i wasn't like super overweight i was not obese or anything like that i was just you know the the college 15 pounds you know Mm -hmm. you get from eating top ramen all the time and i actually was not like I i mean i was a little bit overweight but I wasn't really bad at all 
And, but then I was like, oh, I'm going to get healthy. I want to lose some weight. So I'd lost a bunch, like some weight and I'd been really active and really healthy. And then all of a sudden I was just having tons of, tons of pain. I'm in college. I have a, a, a job, full-time school, loving it. Bible study leader, just started dating this really awesome guy that would later become my husband. I'm 21 <laughs> years old. Like the world's open for me. And then all of a sudden I start having the symptoms of like an 80 year old woman. And in a period of three months, I go from having pain in my hands to not being able to get out of bed. Mm. And I had psoriatic arthritis and a doctor sat across from me and said, take this pill the rest of your life. It's never going to get better. All we can do is hopefully stop it from getting worse. And he even told you that by the time you were 30, you would be in a wheelchair. And he said it was a possibility. And I'm just sitting there crying. And other things too, like (laughs) how often do you have to sit down with your sister and say, hey, I may have to have a liver transplant because of how damaging these medications are. Would you be well? You know what I mean? Like, who has that conversation at their young 20 20. years old? And he told me, too, he said, if you plan on getting pregnant, like, you have to talk to me about it first. And we'll talk and probably, you know. And, like, it wasn't saying I couldn't get pregnant, but the medication I was on causes birth defects in children. And there was all these things. I mean, it totally derailed my life I had to quit my job I had to um stop being a bible study leader I had to go down to only taking half credits at school I and my advisor told me to take take a medical withdrawal and my and even one of my professors who was like a cancer survivor was like if I were you I would take a medical withdrawal like you're that sick and I just told her I was like if I stop now I don't think I'll ever finish And some people ask me why it took me six years to finish college. That's a big part of it. But even then, I was not, I did not know what was going on with me. I didn't tell my roommates everything. They didn't know how to deal with me, you know. Like, I was just, I would go to class, then I'd come home and sleep, and I'd take my medicine, and I'd throw up. I was on a cancer drug at one point. I mean, it was horrible. And I just had kind of accepted that that's how I was going to be. I finally found a medication that worked for me, but... It, like Rachel said, it was that one that just damages and damages and damages my liver. And so, um, and that was right before I got married. There was just so many things that were changing at that time. And when I started this, and I kind of used my disease for a long time as an excuse for how I ate and for how I took care of myself. Mm. I said, oh, I don't feel good. And so I'm just going to make myself feel good by eating, you know, or... I don't have the energy to make food, so I'm just going to run through a drive-through. And slowly but surely, and another thing that is just question your doctors, people. I love doctors, and they are amazing, and they've given me such a quality of life. I, my functional medicine doctor is the first doctor in almost 10 years to listen to me. Mm-hmm. But my rheumatologist never told me that like part of my condition is I don't metabolize insulin well. And so a normal person could eat a piece of bread and be Mm -hmm. fine, but I can't. And so I was gaining weight, sometimes 10 pounds a year. And my doctor would just say, well, you need to exercise and eat less. Mm -hmm. He never said you need to eat less carbs. He never said you need to go on a glycemic diet. He never said anything about that. And he's like, well, you're not diabetic yet. So we can't really do anything. Mm. You know, it was always like, okay, so I went to the functional medicine doctor and she's like, you should not be taking... I'm basically 30, almost 30 years old at this point, and I'm taking the most powerful drug for my condition that I'm supposed to take for the rest of my life. And she's like, your liver's not going to make it. 
Mm-hmm. And my liver enzymes were coming up high every three months when I took the, the medication. And she's amazing. In one year, she's got me taking it half as often. And our goal is to get me completely off it. But that's part of my health journey is I had to lose weight. I had to, like, get on these vitamins. I had to – I was so vitamin deficient. That was one of the things we were working on. So I guess my why is, like, I didn't want to need a new liver at age 40. Yeah. I didn't want to be – in a wheelchair at age 30. Well, and also, how long are those medications going to keep you out of pain? Because you've never been pain-free. Even though those medications helped, they were never kept you pain-free. And the older you get... And the less they work. The less they'll be working. And your system gets used to it. And that, and it's like, this is the cap-off. It's not like you can get a stronger medication. And so that's kind of puts you in like a hopeless situation. And you just, it's weird. You just accept it. And women, I think especially, we just get used to living in pain. Mm-hmm. But I look back now, I live at like a two or a three in pain most days. And every once in a while I have flare-ups and stuff. And people don't know this. And I'm not saying this to like make you feel bad for me. I don't oh, want no, that. I think everybody knows that. When I was a teacher, I lived every day at a six or a seven. Mm-hmm. Every single day. Every day I got out of bed, I, sh- like, sh- like, seriously, you know, like, um, how old people look in movies, how they, like, are all shucked over with their, like, hands hanging down. Like a little dinosaur hunch. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that was me to the shower, get enough hot water on me to, like, straighten up, and then, you know, and then I just lived in pain and kept myself busy, lived in pain, lived in pain, lived in pain, until I could get home and crash and just eat whatever junk was in front of my face, and... I lived like that for a long time and slowly gained weight and slowly gained weight. And then I realized, I looked back and was like, oh, I'm not doing the things I used to do. And I blamed it on my arthritis, but I was like, it's how I'm treating my arthritis. Mm. Honestly, I, I want to climb mountains. I don't want to be in pain every day. And like, it's really hard for me because like, I physically at this point in my life, at this point in my, my health journey, I cannot go climb a mountain and I really really want to mm. and I used to say I'm never I'm never going to be able to do it and I don't say that anymore mm-hmm. I believe that someday I will get on those hiking boots and it might take me longer well you got to work them in first so you don't get blisters <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I'm going to stand at the top of the mountain and I'm going to like scream at the top of my lungs because I'm medication free I'm pain free I'm you know, and when you live in chronic pain, that's a why. I should never put a piece of bread in my mouth because I should never want to be in pain. But it's it's so psychological. Mm-hmm. And you think you it'll make you feel better. And it's like junk food. It's not going to make you feel better. It's Well, I loved this quote, too, um, from a doctor. I can't remember his name. I'll have to find him. But he was on Dr. Hyman's podcast. And he said, so many times when people come to me for weight loss, they've been told they've go to doctors, they want to lose weight. And they say like, okay, what are you eating? That's the first thing they ask. What have you been eating? And make them keep a food journal. But he says, really, the first thing they should ask is what's eating you? Because there is what's eating you because there is a reason 
why we put certain foods in our whether it's mindless eating we just get whatever's at the store that's cheapest so and cook it and it's not like i'm not trying to lose weight i'm not trying to you know or it's you eat off your toddler's plate because they left a bunch of random stuff there and you mm-hmm. don't want to waste it yeah and that is a psychological thing too there's so much food waste in the world first of all which is hard and so there's that psychological i have to finish everything on my plate so a thing i did is i got smaller plates it's so weird how psychologically it can just, okay, just get smaller plates. Well, it's funny because when you're on a ketogenic diet, you aren't super hungry. People are like, are you starving yourself? And that's the other thing. Starving diets don't work. No. Because, like, biologically, we don't want to die. Mm-hmm. And so that's the hard thing. It's not like alcohol or drugs or something where you can cut it out 100%. Mm-hmm. It's like food. You have to eat it every single day. Mm-hmm. And I believe God made it enjoyable so that we would do it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but then we have to find that balance and so i love I, I love this verse i am certain that god who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when christ jesus returns mm. and as philippians 1 6 that's not a doctor saying take this pill the rest of your life and it won't help you but it'll keep you from it yeah. being worse and like people don't realize how serious a condition an autoimmune condition can be like they can kill you yeah they can make your life much shorter and and i'm not trying to be dramatic but i used to just identify with i'm never going to be better now i identify with he who created like started this work in me is gonna finish it and i Mm -hmm. believe in that i'm not finished but i believe i'm gonna have so health and that kind of leads into my other why, which is I don't want my family to have to take care of me when I'm old. That's another one of my whys as well. Or I don't want them to bury me when I'm young. Mm-hmm. I know that's really hard because we've had a death in our family recently. And that wasn't because mm-hmm. that person was unhealthy. They were born with a genetic thing that slowly Yeah, but to see them sick. suffer like that, it's like I don't... That's not, I don't want to suffer like that in my old age. And and honestly, one of the reasons our nephew lived for so long was because our sister had him on a very clean, very strict diet for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it kept him going for a lot longer than other kids that have had his condition. Mm-hmm. And she cleaned so well. So, I mean, even that gave him a quality of life and longer life. Mm-hmm. You know, even though he had a terminal disease, he was born with it, it was always going to take him. But, I mean, isn't that amazing? Yeah, it did. And she actually was sent to the National Institute of Health. And the nutritionist there, like, when he asked her, what are you feeding him? What are you giving him? He was saying, okay, there's not really much I have to add or take from this because you've already done your research and have been feeding him pretty much the same diet that I would give you. I think they just gave her some extra supplements and stuff like MCT oil and those things and those um, amino acids that you have to take. And so, but at the beginning he was like, you're already pretty much doing what I would have done with no education. That was just all a mom's research, just desperately grasping when other doctors had told her he's not going to live till his fifth past his fifth birthday. And she didn't accept that. Instead she turned to, well, what can I, what can I control? And that was something she could. Mm-hmm. Now it's hard because it's so. I think one of the biggest hards too is when you're starting out your health journey, is there's just so much misleading information out there. And I did a couple posts on our Instagram page about labels, like 
look at this label. I got my daughter these bars and they were just bananas, just apples. You look at the label, it says just bananas, just apples. Then I found another bar that says made with real fruit. So if I didn't know better, I'd see that pack of bars and be like, oh, these are made with real fruit. They should be healthy and just throw it in my cart. But then when I looked at the label, there was probably 30 ingredients in there and none of them were actually fruit. Like there was nothing in there that said blueberry or apple. I was like, wait, I thought this is made with real fruit. And so it can be so misleading because then you have chips that say made with real ingredients, all natural, organic. We're just, everybody's trying to sell a product. But I also want to be sensitive because then I got a private message. I don't know if I told you about this, Natalie, who there is actually a condition where people become obsessed with reading labels mm -hmm. and it can becoming very damaging. And so my heart isn't that, that and we always talk about that. Something that can balance. always become a God in your life. Dieting. Oh my gosh. It can so be a God. Mm -hmm. um, the number on the scale can so be a God, you mm -hmm. know, how you look can so be a God. And so we don't want people to be ruled by that. And I believe and we also don't think people should diet. I mean, even the word diet is misleading. We think of it as, starving yourself or something but a diet literally just means what you eat yeah. you could eat cheeseburgers all day and that's your diet the mm -hmm. cheeseburger diet it's not going to help you lose weight you know what i'm saying well, it's just diet and so but learning and the food industry is so against you being healthy they want you to eat six times a day they want mm. you they make money when you're overweight like and obese and well and that too is you have to find something that's sustainable if you do like a super restrictive diet and you're like, this is the rest of my life. That's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so I've done paleo before and it's very restrictive and I've lost weight on it and I've been really healthy with clean, eat, clean eating and all that. Um, all organic, all yeah, that. Not all, all natural is misleading too because they say all natural and I mean, there are a lot of things in nature you should not consume. Yeah. So like, I know. I mean, there's a lot of drugs that come from plants, and it's I like mean, chemical it mean compounds can occur naturally in the world that doesn't yeah. make them healthy. Well, and so I think Natalie, that's why we found keto together as sisters and started. We started around the same time because we felt like this is gives us enough food freedom to be sustainable, where we don't feel like we're depriving ourselves. For example, we go to a party. We can bring a dish that's completely keto, especially now that it's barbecue season. Hamburgers are keto. Just like, eat them don't without eat the, the bread. Butter. And you can put all kinds of toppings like bacon and onions and I love pepperoncinis and make it a delicious thing. Like, And I think that's one thing is people say, I hate salads. I can't lose weight because I hate salads. Well, I love salads, but I Natalie hate hates salads. So I don't eat them. Guess yeah. what? I eat sometimes seven servings of vegetables a day and I did something that's similar to paleo but even more restrictive it's an autoimmune protocol diet mm. but it's it's specifically not supposed to be a lifelong diet mm -hmm. it's to help you identify foods that are causing your your inflammation and stuff so mm -hmm. you're not supposed to do it the rest of your life and people are like i've been on it for five years and the lady who invented it's like you're not supposed to be on it for five years it's not a healthy diet long term it's a short term very yeah. strict very healthy way of eating and then you add other things in and you lighten up mm -hmm. after you figure it out. But um, but it's not a ketogenic diet. And I didn't yeah. really lose weight on it. But it made my arthritis feel really well. It helped me understand a lot of things about what was triggering my inflammation. Mm -hmm. But it didn't help me lose weight. No. The only kind of um, 
plan that helps me lose weight is a ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then even within a ketogenic diet, Rachel can't have certain foods that I can have. Mm-hmm. I'm allergic to eggs. So I can't have eggs. Just can't do it. Mm-hmm. That's huge on keto. And some people, they have to get their fat to like carbs ratio. And some people can have more carbs. We are just, maybe it's our Pacific Islander heritage, but we don't metabolize carbs very well. Yeah. And then also knowing your body. So when it's the that time of month on my menstrual cycle, before when I'd start my period, I just want to eat everything and anything that was unhealthy. And I just couldn't feel satiated on my regular diet and so instead of going the opposite and running through the drive-thru and grabbing a cheeseburger or I always know when I'm going to start my period because I'll be like hmm Panda Express sounds really good for dinner tonight I don't know that why would make me so sick. <laughs> but that's like my first go- and I'm like oh it's that time of month but so what I do is find carbs that because during that time of month uh I'm not worried about losing weight I'm just worried about staying hydrated and staying out of pain and so what I will do is eat a lot of sweet potatoes with Mm -hmm. my meals and not for every single meal I'll usually do it like with one meal and so that day I'm gonna have a lot higher carb intake but if I feel myself slipping like I'm just gonna go off the edge because I'm not feeling satiated the first thing I go to is a very healthy carb like sweet potatoes yeah they're not bad and once we lose our weight we'll definitely be adding more yeah, um, but, but I'm probably just not going to be one of those people that can have bread with every meal, mm-hmm. even when I lose the weight. Yeah. And so I've just accepted that, and I, well, I need to accept it fully, right here in my clean kitchen with no bread around. I, I know. feel pretty good, but then <laughs> like, at 10 oh, o'clock bread. at night with a fresh French loaf sitting on the counter saying, eat me, eat me, I might feel differently. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I talked about like, how my health journey is my why like because mm-hmm. I don't want my family to have to hear me because I don't want to be sick my whole life I don't want that to be my identity but one of the main reasons is so I can serve the Lord mm-hmm. I have some like um what are they called prophecies over me when I was a little girl that I would like go to the nations mm. and preach the gospel and and bring it to people who didn't know and I lost a bunch of weight before we went to India to adopt our daughter and I know that that trip would have been miserable mm-hmm. if I hadn't lost that weight. I would barely fit in a rickshaw, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. we had to walk for hours and hours, and we had to go hours and hours in between meals sometimes. And and I just know that if I had been that, like, so I was so sick, too. I was, like, I needed that carb-to-carb, you know, fix, almost like that pre-diabetic feeling where you get shaky if you mm-hmm. don't eat enough. And, um, but when you're healthy and like in that ketogenic mode, you can go several hours in between meals and be, and in a healthy, good way. It's not like, oh, I'm starving myself. And so that was the thing. If I want to serve God, if I want to travel the world, if I want to do all these things mm-hmm. that I had like kind of said, well, I guess with my arthritis, that's kind of off the table, isn't it? And when I started my health journey again, I said, no, like I'm going to be able to do it. And mm-hmm. Like, I was able to, like, carry my daughter around everywhere and not have my back killing me and my shoulders killing me. And my joints were able to support me carrying her around and doing all that bonding. And, like, I basically carried her the whole time we were in India. Like, Dad did sometimes. Her dad did sometimes. But it was mostly Mom because we were doing all that bonding. Mm-hmm. And and just getting in and out of these little teeny tiny... Look up what an auto rickshaw in India is and you'll be like, what? That is a teeny tiny vehicle and there's 10 people in it. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. what's the joke about a... 
Oh, for and when I was in Haiti, they called them tap taps, where everyone would fit in a tiny truck, and it'd be like, how many people can you fit in a tap tap? Always one more. Yeah, like seriously, you could fit one more person, and it'd be going like so slow, but... Um, but yeah, so just everything was way more comfortable sitting on these tiny chairs, being in random people's houses. Like these things are things I get to do for the Lord and serve the Lord. And I couldn't do that. I can't run through an airport with all of my, my luggage Mm -hmm. and a child Mm -hmm. when I'm so overweight, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's not like, Oh, being overweight's evil. You're ugly. You know, I think that's what we talked about before we started this. I think one of our whys that's different than maybe when we were trying to diet when we were younger is, like, it's not for looks. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. Because, I mean, not to sound vain or anything, but my husband loves me no matter what size. He always (laughs) thinks I'm beautiful. Um, But also, that was a big why where my why changed from when I was younger and trying to be prettier and try. And we had, I had beautiful sisters and I had a beautiful, gorgeous friend. That were so skinny. And people even would say, oh, you're like an ugly duckling, so you'll be pretty one day, like your older sisters. Or somebody was like, well, at least you have hottie jeans in you. And I was like, oh, geez. And, you know, um, but one day you'll arrive and you'll come. And so for a while, I really obsessed over my looks, like taking the perfect selfie and cropping it if there was, like, one role showing and um, finding the best look and... And um, people are like, oh, you're so photogenic. And it's like, no, I take like a lot of time. Okay, but you are actually pretty photogenic. (laughs) But then now, the other day I even like struggled because I'm like, oh, do I really want to post this reel? Because my... I look overweight the whole one and I look so large in it. But I, one thing that the Lord is teaching me is just to be more authentic and be okay with where I'm at because I may not be where I want to be, but it's not about how I look. It's about how I feel, how I am. And people want to see more authentic things from us. I think, I yeah. mean, I don't know. I can't speak for people, but so I'm just like, you know, my friend posted a picture the other day of me like slouching and sitting. And I was like, you know, look at me with my kid having a wonderful time. She's going to appreciate having those pictures when she's younger. So my- honestly, when you do lose weight, you kind of enjoy looking back on yeah your before pictures. I mean, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing and we always laugh. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, we love to laugh at our old photos. We're like, oh my goodness, we have a video of us doing karaoke together, and we just laugh so hard every time we're we like, watch we're it. We're a brick <laughs> house, <laughs> a big old brick house. But, <laughs> but like, don't be afraid to just be in those pictures and step in to have that confidence. But that is another one of my whys. Is I feel like my confidence would be better. If I'm not worrying about, oh, how I look, how my clothes are fitting, how, you know, just to go to the beach and not care what I look like, you know. So my why has considerably changed. And one thing that really helps me is the Bible verse that says, do nothing out of vain or do nothing out of selfish or vain conceit. And so it's like, don't be vain. Like, who cares? In the bigger scheme of things, looks do not matter. And I wish young kids could know that. Looks do not matter. Looks won't get you married. Looks won't get you friends. Well, it might get you married, but it won't keep you married. Or get good friends. Looks won't help your career. Looks, you know what I mean? It's just, they're just I guess looks. unless you're like a swimsuit model. <laughs> yeah, that would okay, even models, you guys, aren't like the most beautiful people just naturally. Like if you saw a model without makeup and like the, I'm not even talking about photo shoot. Like seriously, models are chosen for how plain they look. 
mm-hmm. because they can be built up to look like anything. Mm-hmm. And so actual, if you've watched like America's Next Top Model or whatever, when they don't have all their makeup and stuff on, they're not actually the most beautiful people. They're very plain looking. Yeah. And it's like... And they're beautiful people on the inside if they choose to be and have well, good personalities. And God made them. They're children of God. And but I'm saying, like, the what you see on the magazine cover is not their everyday looks. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and I love that, too. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised because we could lose all the weight, wear, look the best, do all the things that can make you look young and beautiful, and but... At the end of the day, we're all going to get old. Yeah. And I feel bad. I I want to be very gracious about how I talk about this because um, I have a family member who was very, very heavy, had, had a lot of kids, and once all the kids were grown, did something for herself and got a big surgery to remove a ton of skin after losing a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was so proud of her. You know, she did all this weight loss. She did it for herself. She was so confident. And she was, you know, is she in her 60s at that point? 50s? And, um, but, like, I just feel like she's always trying to do stuff to, like, do you know what I'm saying? To try to make herself happy again. Like, maybe she thought that that would be the thing. Mm -hmm. You know? And I, we just have to have our identity in Christ for everything. And because we could lose all the weight. We could look like supermodels. We could... I was, I was even watching uh, Ninja Warrior the other day. And uh, it's so fun to watch these women. There was a 42-year-old woman with three kids. And she, like, was rocking it. And I was... Mm. And I'm like, but I'm never going to go to the gym for six hours a day. Even if I didn't have arthritis. Like, that is not anything I would want to do. Mm-hmm. But that was her why. She wanted to be an inspirational woman. She wanted to do this thing that only men had been able to do. And she did it. And she was so amazing. And her husband was like crying. He was so proud. And her kids were jumping up and down. And I was like, okay, what is the thing that my husband would, well, my husband wouldn't cry unless he like shot him in the foot. But mm-hmm. um, what would be the thing that like my husband would be so proud of me? And honestly, like, if I lost all the weight, that's would make him so proud of me. Even though he loves me how I look. Mm-hmm. He wants me to be healthy. He wants me to be happy. And he wants me to not be in pain. Yeah. And you know, a certain number on the scale, like Nellie said, is not going to make you happy. So that being your why, there needs to be something different. Because the number on the scale is going to be a why that fizzles out very quickly if you're like i want to lose 30 pounds that's my goal like it's okay to set those goals like oh i want to lose 30 pounds if they're reasonable that's that's a good like if yeah yeah, if you're like 130 pounds and you say i want to lose 30 pounds that's not a very healthy goal (laughs) unless you're like four foot five maybe (laughs) but yeah i mean everybody's different so like that number to me i feel like is not a good enough why to keep you motivated like it might get you started but it won't keep you going and even my functional medicine doctor she kind of has an idea of how much she wants me to weigh but she isn't super specific about it she's like let's worry about the next 10 pounds Mm -hmm. and then after that let's talk about the next 10 pounds and let's evaluate how you feel because she knows with her patients if she's like you need to lose 100 pounds go do it they're not successful but if she's like let's lose five pounds Mm -hmm. Here's how you're going to do it. You're going to drink this much water. You're going to eat these kinds of meals. And what is something that struggle you struggle with? Oh, I always eat after this certain amount of time because I, I wait too long to eat and then I binge. Okay, well, how do we 
How do we break mm. that habit? Hers isn't like, you're a terrible person who can't eat right and you're, you're just gonna, it's your fault and blah, blah, blah. She says, okay, here's what you struggle with. Let's be honest with each other. Mm-hmm. If I've gained weight and I go in, she wants me to be honest. What happened? Yeah. I'm like, okay, I've had a very stressful month. I, this came up that I didn't expect. I didn't plan for this. And we, and I accept that I made mistakes. I have to accept it in front of her and it's really hard. But she's not like, you're so, you're such a failure. She's like, okay, how do we turn it around for next month? What's going to be different before when you see me next time? Yeah, I think that's good too. And the biggest thing too is just giving yourself grace, but also being honest with yourself. That was a big thing. And also being honest with friends because, you know, I went out with friends one day and we went out and we weren't planning on it, but the day got later and so we all went out to eat and so then all of a sudden I'm eating unhealthy foods that I wouldn't usually eat or I go to a party and I didn't eat before and then I end up you know and I just get in that spiral and then that becomes my habits again when my habits were before eating before I went to a party like making sure I had my water you know and so that I think just being honest with your friends too and I think we're so worried because we wouldn't want our friends to feel bad like hey I'm not going to eat this cheeseburger. You're more than welcome to, but I just know what it's going to do to me, you know. Or, yeah, you guys are more than welcome to stop off and get a burger on our way home, but I think we're just going to wait till we get home to eat or see if they have any other options, you know. But for me, going to the burger place, smelling the french fries, smelling all that is almost too much of a temptation for me. I just am like... At this point, and at some points in your journey, you aren't tempted by that stuff because mm -hmm. you have been so good for so long. And yeah, because then the smell of French fries just makes you sick. Yeah, there's just there, and there's seasons like there's seasons where I am more vulnerable and more tempted, and so, and that's the thing too is it's a spiritual journey and a physical journey mm -hmm. because my mental health suffers when I eat badly, my physical health suffers when I eat badly, my everything suffers. Mm -hmm. My wallet, I'm more likely to like spend poorly and not think about what I'm eating before I eat it or spend before I spend because self-control begets self-control it's so crazy like you're right the spending the um the more self-controlled you are in other places the more self-controlled you are in different ones and mm -hmm. I do notice when my diet does go off so does my spending and I have mm -hmm. to reel it back in well okay so what do you do when you hardcore fail maybe it's a day because this is what I tend to do. I make one mistake, and so I just say, this day's ruined, so I just make mistakes all day. But then it mm. goes into the next day and the next but day. But then you feel so sick that night. And, and for day. me, I've been having problems with my hip, and whenever I eat unhealthy, my hip hurts so bad to the point that when I get up, I can't even walk on it. Hmm. And I know I need to go see a doctor about that. Like, that's not normal. But when I'm eating healthy, guess what? My hip doesn't hurt. <laughs> So I mean like <laughs> so what but what is like some practical advice we're speaking to ourselves here too cuz this is something we really struggle with. I've been off it for a month. I'm like, "Uh, oh, I know I should do it, but like I I don't know. All the excuses. Oh, I haven't gotten my scale in a while. Uh, how do you like start on day 1 again? Well, you have to think about it. Of course, I'm going to use the analogy of a hike cuz I really like hiking. When you what you like hiking? Yeah, like <laughs> when you first take that first step of a hike, 
you're like super motivated. I'm so excited for this hike. This hike is going to be fun. It's beautiful. The birds are out. And you take another step. And you take another step. And then all of a sudden you get to the hill. And you're like, ugh, I should turn back. I can't do this. This is too hard. You're going up the hill. You're like, okay, this is hard. Is this really worth it? Do I really want to do this? It still feels tempting to just want to sit down and be done. But then when you achieve it and you're in the point where you're at the top of the hill and you're looking at this beautiful, vast view, you're like, wow and then you look back and see how far you've come and you're like that's amazing but you had to start somewhere you had to take that first step and when we first decide hey today i'm going to eat really healthy i'm going to change my lifestyle the first day is like super it almost feels like kind of easy because you're like really motivated to do it and then you come up against the Hill. Detox. And you're just like, okay, I feel bad. Is this really good for my body? As I'm walking up the hill, my knees and my feet are hurting. It's not really good for me. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. But then if you look back and you see, wow, that progress was made. And sometimes it takes a long time. It's okay that weight loss doesn't happen overnight. It's probably better that it doesn't. Well, and then think about seeing the top of the mountain is your why. Mm-hmm. It's hard if you've never seen the top of the mountain. Yeah. But like other people have, you've seen them, and they say it's worth it. Believe me, just keep going. Maybe sit down for a minute, but get back up. Mm-hmm. Maybe you start to walk back to the car and you say, no. Because this is the problem I have. If I start to walk back to the car, metaphorically, I just give up. But yeah. that's that's been a lie of Satan, like that... You have failed once, so you're done. Well, maybe you even start walking back to the car, and then you see other people keeping on their trek and, and so going. Like, no, and you're turn like, around. nope, I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to. And it sucks because you lost that progress, mm-hmm. but you just keep going. Yeah, a couple summers ago, on a hike that I went on, I was carrying Ariana on my back because it was an eight mile hike, and the very end of it is very, very steep. And I kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and part of me thought, I made it most of the way. I don't, I mean, I've had a really fun time. It's beautiful, but I really don't think I can make it up this mountain. I don't think I physically can. But then I just felt like the Lord was like, yes, you can. And a couple times I sat down. I wallowed a little bit. Maybe shed a few tears. Don't know if I can. But then I got back up and I made it. And that is one of the most spectacular views. But you cannot get to the mountaintop unless you put in the work to get there. And it's not easy. And that's why you got to have a why that makes you cry. So when you get to that, when you feel like you can't take one more step, so maybe your why is spiritual. I want to serve the Lord better. I want to serve my family better. I, I, you know, you get to that step and then you say, Lord, I can't do it. He says, yes, you can. I can mm-hmm. do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. And there are some things, you know, I I pray to the Lord to like heal my condition over and over. And then I, I look in the Bible and I see the Apostle Paul. He had a thorn in his side. We don't exactly know what his physical ailment was, but we know that the Lord never healed him. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that the Lord has used my condition, first of all, to make me a better mom to a child that has a lot of medical needs. But then also it draws me close to the Lord because I get to the end of my strength very quickly and then I have to rely on him. Mm, and That's beautiful, Natalie. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I wish I didn't have to have physical pain every day. But honestly, it does. It, there's some good things that have come from it. And, I mean, it's. I'll go more into it. Maybe we'll do a whole podcast on it. But there's even some, like, health conditions 
a genetic condition that would have never been caught in my other sisters that could have caused them. It's really simple. Nothing really, it's like hardly needs any treatment. But if you didn't know about it, it could kill you. Mm-hmm. And we only found out we have that genetic cursor in our family because I had arthritis. Yeah, and like three out of the six sisters have it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like they would have just lived their lives not knowing they were sick until they were hospitalized. Mm-hmm. And now they can all get tested and get and it's, this treatment is really, really simple. But I am like, okay, if I had to suffer with this pain my whole life, but it saved the life of one of my sisters, I think that's worth it. Mm-hmm. And I could not have said that 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, and we're like this, we're on a journey. And another one of my whys is I don't want my daughter to be obsessed with looking good, being a certain way, like not gaining weight. And I want her to love the foods that God has provided and not be obsessed over them, not have to binge, not have to do any of that stuff. I don't say this food is good. This food is bad. Just learning what food does to our body. Yeah, like she told her teachers, I can't eat that cupcake when it was a friend's birthday. She's like, I can't eat that cupcake because it will make my stomach hurt. And at four years old that she can recognize that, she didn't say, I can't have it because my mom won't let me because there's sugar and all this stuff. But to say, that will make my tummy hurt. Like she knows. And we make our own homemade ice cream. We'll go to Froyo and get like the sugar-free sherbet, you know. Well, do things so she's not like this deprived child who doesn't get ice cream in the summer, (laughs) you know. But she knows. And I'm so proud of her because she knows. And she doesn't, she loves to eat, but she... I don't want to pass these generational curses or even just the lack of self-control that I've had and that when I'm going through something that I turn to food instead of turn to Jesus. I want her to turn to Jesus first. Turn to Jesus before a relationship. Turn to Jesus before a sport. Turn to Jesus before anything. But for me, my, my idol in my life has just been food my life my whole life and I don't want to pass that down to her and that's a huge why that I have Whew, that's and, hard and I also think like having accountability mm-hmm. I think people just are afraid to talk about their weight and afraid to talk about their we just feel eat. like failures and, about it well and also like you always feel awkward like I don't want to make somebody feel pressured to eat the way I do or to be the way I am but at the end of the day it's like no don't feel pressured it's just this is what you're gonna choose to do and so I have Natalie and even if it's somebody online if you have no friends or no support that wants to help you in this um have Natalie who is just well you can't have Natalie but I have Natalie well, if you DM me, I probably would be willing to help you. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll like call her and be like, I'm really struggling or this is what I ate. And then we'll kind of talk through it. Like, well, what were you feeling? Why did that happen? Was it just bored? Was it just, and we're able to talk through that with each other. And so I really appreciate that. And then I have a sweet, sweet friend who knows that Natalie and I eat a certain way. And when she invites us over for dinner, she'll send us a recipe and say, hey, can you have this? And she's very considerate and, and tries to have things so that are sugar-free. And it's, well, that's what I love about our church, too. So I went to a Bible study the other night, and she made a treat that I could have had. It was totally keto-compliant because um, she eats pretty clean herself, but it was out of my fasting window. And I know people are weird about fasting, and you have to decide with your doctor how and when you fast. Well, and I fast a lot for spiritual reasons, not yeah. just health reasons. And for me, it was it was 
and fasting is even overcomplicated. It's just a period of time where you don't eat. Everybody fasts every night. Unless you wake up in the middle of the night to eat, yeah. you fast overnight. That's why breakfast is called breakfast. You break you're your fast. fast. Yeah. So, but it was like 7.30 at night for our small group. And she made this delicious looking keto cake or paleo cake. But either way, I think I could have had it. But I just said, I just kindly, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. It's not, I'm out of my fasting window for eating right now. So I'm just going to do water and tea. And she was like, oh, yeah, I got lots of tea. And she got it all out for me. She wasn't offended. I just drank my tea while they all ate. And it was not weird. No one was like, why aren't you eating this? Mm -hmm. And I think it's because people in our church, even though people are on kind of different health journeys, a lot of them eat really clean. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this one lady. She's a healthy weight. She's Her kids are all healthy weights. And they eat oats. You know, they eat lots of fruits. Lots. There's things that I don't eat right now. They aren't bad foods. An apple is not a bad food. I just don't mm-hmm. eat it right now because it's going to spike my insulin too much mm-hmm. yeah, while well, I'm trying to lose weight. And my, we've learned that eating fruit causes in, inflammation in us. like, And that's just where we are at in our weight journeys. And maybe that won't have the same effect on us when we get to a healthy weight. And part of us getting to a healthy weight is learning how to stay there. So yeah. sometimes, you know, that's, it's all a journey. It's a mental health journey. Winter was not kind. Yeah. We didn't even talk about, like talking about stuff with godly people and getting godly counsel godly Mm -hmm. um counselors to speak into your life you know i had a um a counselor from our church who was walking me through the grief yes Yes, me too there is a healthy godly way to be sad and to grieve and Mm -hmm. and there are unhealthy ways that are not good and how to walk that balance and how to still take care of your family while you're grieving and depressed and and like it's okay in the christian walk to be depressed and and just feel mm-hmm. you know jesus wept yeah you know jesus knew that he was going to raise his friend from the dead but he was sad mm-hmm. and he felt that i don't know he was a human being he was just like us well we're teaching the story too of the rich man who comes up to jesus and he's saying good teacher what must i do to be saved and He's like, well, you know the commandments. Do not steal. Do, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, I've done all those things. So, yeah, seriously, like trying to build himself up. Like, I've done all those things. I just want to know what else I need to do. And Jesus says, oh, you need to sell all your stuff and give it to the poor and come follow me. Which to me would be such an exciting life to like come follow Jesus yeah. and be right there in the revolution. And would you call it a revolution? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were all changing that. everything. It would be so cool. Literally creating the, the like Christian religion. But it said the man became sad and walked away because he loved his things too much. And then it said Jesus looked on him with compassion and he loved him. And I just think about Jesus. Jesus knew like I love you and you are choosing to love these things more than me and I actually don't know why I just told that story and got off on that tangent oh you were saying because he's like Jesus wept Jesus was a real person he felt things deeply and you know so it's okay to be sad it's okay to have these emotions like and Jesus was sad that the man walked away and the man was sad yeah he was sad too but not sad enough for life change and i do think that's why you need a why too yeah is like you can, everybody pretty much if you ask any woman on the street i mean almost every single one of them is like i want to lose weight like yeah I mean, if i went to the scale and i look at it, i'm like oh i could be sad but then it's like okay so but jesus was giving him a chance you don't have to walk away sad 
you can say he gave him tangible things this is what you need to do and it, it's kind of like that in weight loss we look at the scale we're told okay this is what we need to do i want all the things i want to be healthy i yeah. want to eat the right foods and then we walk away sad because it's like well, well i like my donuts too much <laughs> i do not like but donuts. i mean that's where it's like you have to choose jesus over the idol and Jesus isn't going to say, you need to exercise two hours a day and you need to eat 1,000 calories. Jesus is going to say, like, just eat healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, just just think about, you know, what you're doing and why you're doing it. And don't make it an idol. Don't be weird about it, no, Don't be weird about it. <laughs> I mean, even, like, tracking food at the beginning can help with that. But even that becomes a little too obsessive. For me. Mm-hmm. So anytime I go back to tracking food, I have to stop because I get too obsessive over tracking the food. And, and a ketogenic I'm, diet isn't about calories. You just do that to kind of have an idea of how much food you need or want. And you're like, oh, am I eating too much fat? Am I eating not enough vegetables? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You can eat an entire plate of stir-fried veggies and it's not even, like, it might be 500 calories. Like a giant I'm plate. talking about a huge plate of like five or six different vegetables in oh. a oil now you're making me hungry. That's what. I, that's kidding. exactly what I'm having for lunch. In case you were wondering, so I was like, "Oh, can I come over?" The as we wrap this over. up. <laughs> Gosh, Rachel. As oh, yeah, we wrap I got to pick up. up my kid from preschool, and I got to pick up my kid from sign language lessons, which I'm really excited about. But, um, how we talk about ourselves, our why, our kids, how do we want them to be when they're our age? Like, there's so many things. God, family, ourselves. I want. What is your why? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be about weight loss. It's like, what's your why for anything you do? Mm-hmm. What's your why for... Going back to school. Yeah. Or getting a certain job that you want. Or um, getting any, out of debt. Yeah. What are your whys? You know, r- saving money to buy a new car. Or maybe even you want to have another kid. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like... it might Or be, adoption. Yes, adoption. So, like, that costs money. <laughs> even, like, if you want to have another baby biologically you might need to lose some weight and get healthy to do that Mm -hmm. you know there might be some things that you want to do that are and i'm not saying you know don't write me the angry letters like you know there's just some things people know who have been pregnant it's easier when you're healthier right Mm -hmm. i don't know neither of us have been pregnant so yeah (laughs) you can write us and tell us us on that (laughs) just kidding but okay parenthood is easier when bending over doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you bend over all when day long can, picking stuff up. When you can stand up and your hip doesn't give out. Like, yeah. oh. So, mm. anyways, we hope this was encouraging to you. We hope it doesn't feel condemning. And we love you guys. And we 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 want to come on here to encourage. That is our heart And if you see things. a picture of us right now, we are not arrived. Yeah. We both have quite a bit of weight we still need to lose to mm-hmm. be at a healthy like yeah. metabolically exactly where we want to be but don't give up don't give up today's a new day his mercies are new every morning i'm so blessed by that me and too so anything else you want to say to the people no just thanks for listening we love you guys <laughs>